Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set Embrace the body of Christ. Embrace it. Get in. Get in the middle. That don't just come to church. You know, if you want to just go to church, you can go anywhere. But if you want to embrace the body of Christ that's looking for Messiah Jesus to return, this is what we want. And we're going to be talking about this in Joshua 13 today, about don't just be out on the edges. I'll go in when I feel like it. Get in the middle. Jump in. Get involved in the body of Christ. And that's, that's going to be a, ma- a major theme in Joshua 13. But to catch y'all up, if you haven't been uh, following up uh, with us lately, the Israelites came into the land. They've been taking over. They've been kicking out all the wicked uh, Canaanites, the people who had no regard for God. They've been kicking them out of the land. And you may say, well, this ain't fair. Well, it is fair because God gave them the land. And these people living in the land had centuries to repent. If they had repented, they could have turned around and been godly people and lived among the Israelites. But they did not. And so God sent Israel as judgment to them to conquer them, destroy them, kick their altars over, kick their gods over, demolish their places of worship because God says, I'm coming in. And that's going to happen again when Jesus comes back. We're not taking a vote to see if the majority approves of Jesus coming back or not. He's going to come back and do it and rule whether you like it or not. It's better to just get involved in the body of Christ and be in and be willing to accept him. Okay, because he's coming. But don't play on the edges. And we're going to learn that today in Joshua 13. At least I'm going to try to convey that or at least the Holy Spirit is going to try to convey that. Joshua 13 and 15, the land of Reuben. And Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families, because they're dividing the land out to the tribes now. An inheritance according to their families. Their territory was from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain by Madiba. Heshbon and all its cities that are in the plain, Debon, Bamoth, Baal, Beth-Baal-Meon, Jehaza, Kedemoth, Mephath, Kirjathaim, Sibma, Zareth-Shahar, on the mountain of the valley, Beth-Peor, the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth-Jeshemoth. All the cities of the plain and all the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses had struck with the princes of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, who were princes of Sihon dwelling in the country. The children of Israel also killed with the sword, Balaam, the son of Beor, the soothsayer, among those who were killed by them. And the border of the children of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan. Very important. 
The border of the children of Reuben was the bank of the Jordan. That's a big deal here. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. I'm going to keep going. Uh, Verse 24, the land of Gad. Moses also had given inheritance to the tribe of Gad, to the children of Gad, according to their families. Their territory was Jazer and all the cities of Gilead and half of the land of the Ammonites, as far as Aror, which is before Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Remath Mizpah and Betanim, and from Mahanaim to the border of Debir, and in the valley of Beth-Haram, Beth-Nimrah, I want to say Sukkot when I read that, because it sounds like the Feast of Tabernacles, but I think it's Sukkoth, uh, anyway, and Zephon, the rest of the kingdom of Sihon, king of Heshbon, with the Jordan as its border. There it is again, with the Jordan as its border. As far as the edge of the Sea of Kinnereth, which is the Sea of Galilee, on the other side of the Jordan, eastward. This is the inheritance of the children of Gad according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Now we're talking about half of the tribe of Manasseh. And it says east, probably your Bible says east, meaning the eastern group of people of the tribe of Manasseh. Verse 29, Moses also had given an inheritance to to half the tribe of Manasseh. It was for half the tribe of the children of Manasseh, according to their families. Their territory was from Mahanaim, all Bashan, all the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, 60 cities. Half of Gilead and Ashtaroth and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, were for the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh. For half of the children of Machir, according to their families. These are the areas which Moses distributed as an inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance, no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance as he had said to them. And I made a big point about that last time about or not the last time we were in Joshua about don't look for your inheritance down here. If we're as priests in the body of Christ, in Jesus, you are a priest with Jesus Jesus as your high priest. Don't look for any inheritance down here. It ain't down here for you. The priests of the tribe of Levi, their inheritance was in Christ because he's enough. We need to get that same mindset. Christ is enough. No matter if I lose everything down here, Christ is enough. If I catch some kind of weird thing on my body, whatever, Christ is enough. He's always enough, and he always will be. And we, we need to lock onto that, because we're priests. We're not of the world, right? So, he, okay, so after reading all that, you're probably thinking like I did. Okay, that's nice. Here's what they got. Good, wonderful. What do you do with it? <laughs> These are the territories given to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan. This is east. Here in the next chapter, we'll be talking everything west of the Jordan. But right now. We're talking east of the Jordan. And the reason why it was said half the tribe of Manasseh is because the other half of Manasseh settled west, on the west side of the Jordan. Now, the names of each tribe comes from the sons of Israel. He had 12 sons. Show that tribal map up there. Here's the inheritance territories that we just read about of the 12 tribes. Okay? The 12 tribes of Israel. 
Now, for those of you who were very, very, very observant and listen really well and are really on top of this stuff, you'll see, like we said in verse 33, the Levites get no inheritance because their priest work and the Lord was their inheritance. But yet the Bible still lists 12 tribes to an inheritance. What happened? <laughs> How do you take 12 minus 1 equals 12 again? Something went on here. Uh-oh. And I, I caught this. I'm like, I'm digging. This is where I'm digging. This is where the big pow is at in Joshua 13. So I thought, here, here, it's got to be in here somewhere. So I dug. And I remembered in past studies that one of Israel's sons, Joseph, his inheritance tribe was divided into two territories named after each of Joseph's two sons. And who do you think his two sons are? Well, he has two sons, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. We talked about Manasseh. He had two sons. So Joseph gets a double inheritance passed to his sons. You got two tribes back. That makes up for the Levites being out. So you still have 12 here, right? This is how we still have 12 tribes inheriting land, even though the Levites were removed. And so the reason I'm going into this depth about Joseph here is for two good reasons. First, because it explains how we still have 12 tribes when the Levites are out, but it also tells us why these tribes here in Joshua 13 ended up on the east side of the Jordan. There's a reason they're on the east side, and it has everything to do with everything about us today, that they're on the east. So first off, we got to address why was Joseph's inheritance split into two different territories? Uh, if you recall Genesis 47, you can jot a note down. In Genesis 47, there was that story about how Israel saved, uh, how jo Joseph saved Israel's entire family from dying during that great famine. Remember, they well, would have all died. They had to come to Egypt, and Joseph was set up by God in a position of power in Egypt under Pharaoh, and he took care of the whole family. If it had not been for Joseph, the whole family would have died. The whole line of Israel, that includes the Messiah's line and everything, would have died. <laughs> okay, God's going to keep his line going. And so it was because of Joseph's faithfulness that Israel wanted to increase his inheritance twofold through Joseph's two sons. That's why I want to double your inheritance and I'm going to name it onto your two sons. They're going to both take a tribe, each of their descendants in that double inheritance and claim that territory. Joshua 14 and four. We'll see next next time. It says for the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Also in Joshua 16, four, it says, so the children of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim took their inheritance. So you see the, the two sons of Joseph there. And so Joseph's line got the double portion. Uh, again, show the tribal map. I think it's back up there again. Look how much territory Joseph's tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim got compared to the rest. It's, it's a big area. That's a huge area. You can visibly see the size of the inheritance that they got on the map. So Deuteronomy 21.17, it's, it's known, says that the firstborn son gets the double portion of the inheritance because the firstborn represents a man's strength. You're my firstborn, you're my strength, my productivity, you represent me. And it was biblical to get the double portion. But I want you to know something. Joseph was not Israel's firstborn. He's not the firstborn. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> so why did he get the inheritance? Well, like I said, as I dig, you find more and more, and it leads you to more and more stuff, and it gets good. Reuben is the firstborn. Reuben. You see the area of Reuben? How big is it compared to what Joseph's sons got? It's not near as big, is it? Obviously, something very, very bad went down for Reuben to lose out on what he was entitled to get. So what was it? I'm going to show you Genesis 35 and 22. It says, And it happened when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard about it. Can you say, busted? Busted. That's not your place to go, brother. (laughs) Don't do that. And he did. And Israel heard. Reuben gave in to lust, and look what it cost him. Remember that map. Cost him a lot. Reuben at this point did not really represent Israel's strength in doing this, did he? He brought shame. He didn't represent dad's strength. He shamed his father. And so even though Reuben was entitled to the double portion, neither he nor his descendants ever got it because of a moment of sin, lost the whole thing. Isn't that bad? First Chronicles 5 and 1 says, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn. But because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. So now you, skip, you got skipped over, Reuben. You messed up. You know what, guys? This makes me really think about me <laughs> and the things I've done and how I, I, I don't deserve any inheritance at all. But in Christ, I get better than double inheritance. I don't get an inheritance down here. I get my inheritance in Christ, and it's eternal. And I already messed up. Isn't Jesus good? This is all the more reason to repent. This is all the more reason to turn and say, I'm sorry, and give your life to Jesus. He'll fix everything. But Israel himself even said of Reuben in Genesis 49 and 3, he says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency and dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, you shall not excel because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. You would have been something else, but you blew it. You really would have been, everybody would have looked at you, firstborn guy, double inheritance, look at what all I got, but you blew it. Guys, if anything, to learn from this, don't blow it. Don't blow it. You have Jesus Christ offering you eternal life. He's offering forgiveness if you'll turn from your sins, and he will give you a huge inheritance, bigger than your mind can imagine. I just wanted to throw that in there, that Jesus is good. Let's keep going. So now more than 400 years later, after this happened, remember, they went through Egypt, all that slavery. Over 400 years later, we're caught up in Joshua 13. It's time to divide the land out. And Reuben's sin is still causing damage to what should have been. To what should have been, but is not. It's lost. Now, to all my proud Texans out there, I know some of y'all were from California, but we Texans, we got this thing. Texas is big. Everything's bigger in Texas. Texas is that Texan pride thing. Imagine if the government decided to cut Texas down to the side of Louisiana and then give Louisiana our territory. Oh, buddy boy, let me tell you what. There would be a fight. 
No, 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 no. You're not doing that. We're Texas. We're big. Not giving that to Louisiana. Can you imagine how this has affected many Reubenites? We're Reubenites. We're sons of the firstborn. The double portion. Can you feel it now? We're Reubenites. We're supposed to have the double portion, but you saw the map, the visible picture. You saw what sin can do. And it does that. It destroys and it steals. It takes away from you what should have been yours. Don't you think these boundaries now that they had to live in would serve as a constant reminder to the people of Israel? It would be a constant reminder in their ear that says, do not mess around with sin. Don't play with sin. Oh, that was 400 years ago. Come on, that was a long time ago. I got a scar on my hand from a pocket knife accident when I was a kid. That was a long time ago, but still there. Still a reminder, be careful. Be careful. 1 Corinthians 5 and 6 says, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Just a little bit messes everybody. You know, when you make bread, if you get just a little bit of yeast in the dough, it eats its way through the whole lump. It's like a little, little Pac-Man's. They chew their way through the dough. They, you can't, once it's in there, it's in there. And it's all in there. If you want dough without yeast, you've got to throw it out and start with a whole new batch. Don't let it get in there. Body of Christ, you've got a sin issue, repent and get right with your Lord. And don't bring it in here. I know none of y'all don't need my trouble. Y'all don't want more problems off of me. (laughs) Through the week, God deals with me harshly. Repent, Ray. Repent, Ray. Repent, Ray. Repent, Ray. And I have to get right before my Lord, because if I don't, I come in here and it's going to get on you. And I don't want yours on me either. (laughs) I want to get the righteousness of Christ on you. I want to splatter it all over the place. And I want the giftings God gave you to get on to me. That's what I want. But not this leaven. Once you let sin get in, it eats its way through the whole thing. It eats its way. Yeast eats its way through the whole lump of dough. Sin eats its way through a whole group of people. And you saw what it did to Reuben. I can't stress how important it is to get right with Jesus. Ask his forgiveness and continually be repentant of sin. And I don't know if y'all know how hard it is for me to stand up here and say this. Because I know what I've done. I know what I've done. And for me to get up here and tell you all to repent, I only get to say it because it's in the Bible. It is hard to say. But let's do it together. We'll encourage each other in it. Otherwise, sin will eat its way through not only your life, but it'll eat its way through everyone else around you. Reuben's sin caused the whole tribe of Reuben loss. Caused them all loss. Well, it's my life, Ray. I can do what I want to. It's just me. I'm, I'm just hurt. It's just me. Uh-uh. It affects everybody. Everybody, whether you want it to or not. It affected Reuben's tribe with trouble. In fact, later in history, we're going to see that the king of Assyria, he wanted to come in and take the land where the Israelites were. And so the tribe of Reuben, as you remember the map, being on the east side of the Jordan, they were much more exposed to enemy attack. The western tribes weren't exposed like that because on the west side, you've got the Mediterranean Sea. The sea's protecting them. But everybody on the east, 
They got the enemy right outside the back door. They're much more vulnerable. So later on, we're going to see that these tribes east of the Jordan were more exposed to enemy attack uh, to the king of Assyria. It says in 1 Chronicles 5 and 26, it says that king, he carried the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh into captivity. That's another thing sin does. It positions you to be the first to go down when the enemy comes. It puts you in a position to get struck first, and you'll go down first. Those in the middle are protected. Don't just come to church. Embrace it. Get in the middle. Don't play around out on the edges. Sin doesn't only damage, it positions you for a great, great downfall. And Reuben demonstrated that he had no respect for boundaries, didn't he? Had no respect for the boundaries, specifically when he invaded the boundaries of his father's bed and violated that woman. He didn't respect her boundaries. He didn't respect dad's boundaries. And so Reuben's tribe ended up being violated itself by another nation that didn't respect their boundaries of the Reubenites. You ever heard that phrase, what you sow, you'll reap? That's another reason to repent. Because what you put out is going to come get you, and it's going to be worse. Be careful about giving in to sin. You know, when God establishes to you what is yours and what is not yours, like right now, he's saying, allocate these areas to the different tribes. This tribe gets this, that tribe gets that. And it talked about all the boundaries of the areas and from this king, this river to that and all that. When God tells you what's yours and what's not yours, do not let lust for more cause you to try to invade into areas where it is not your right to go. Coveting, greed, lust will cause you to do that. Uh, uh, adultery, uh, things of that nature, things that you ought not to be doing will cause you to invade in places God told you you are not to go in there. We should be more like Joseph. We should, we should stop desiring to be richer while there's so much need in the world because we should be like Joseph. He saw to the needs of others. He saw to his family and provided for them during that famine. Those are the kind of people like Joseph, the ones that will see to others. Those are the kind of people who will get the big inheritance in heaven. The giving will get it. The inheritance, not the greedy. The ones that want more than what's theirs, they're not going to get inheritance like they should. Look what happened to Reuben. Joseph got the double portion. It skipped Reuben because Reuben wanted what was not his. And Joseph gave away to give to others to help them. You have a taker and a giver. Look what ended up to both of them. That's how it works in the body of Christ. That's how it works in the kingdom. Back in the book of Numbers, when the tribes of Reuben and Gad saw the land east of the Jordan River, they hadn't even come in yet. They saw everything east of the Jordan. They saw that the land was suitable for livestock, and so they wanted it. They're coming to the Jordan. Okay, we're going to cross over the Jordan. We're going in. We're going to conquer. And they go, oh, no, we like this over here. Well, my thought would be, well, why don't you come in and see what's in here? No, 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 no. We're, we're, this is good. Wait a minute. Why don't you go check it out? <laughs> go look. They didn't even come in. At first, Moses was against them for this attitude. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.